This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Optimal Relationships Daily, episode 1546. I dislike the dog that likes the rabbit that I dislike. Why do we like some people but dislike others? By Dr. Timothy Loving of Loves.com. Hello, everybody, and happy Monday. Welcome back to ORD with me, Greg Audino, and thank you for starting off your week with us. Now, today's article is something that you can take into consideration no matter who you'll be interacting with this week as we're going to be learning about what types of people we are more inclined to get along with and why. It's really interesting stuff and great material to help you learn about yourself and those you interact with. So let's jump into the article now and start optimizing your life. I dislike the dog that likes the rabbit that I dislike. Why do we like some people but dislike others? By Dr. Timothy Loving of Loves.com. The notion that people prefer similar others is as empirically validated a research finding as they come in our field. Similar people make us feel better about ourselves, and who doesn't like somebody that makes us feel better about ourselves? In fact, the preference for similarity is so common that it's considered a general characteristic of the human condition, and it's not hard to imagine how preferring to hang around similar people and avoiding dissimilar people might benefit survival. Recently, Researchers have begun to identify exactly how early this preference for similar others begins to develop. One can't help but wonder whether this universal preference for similar others is nature, i.e. we're born with it, or nurture, i.e. others, such as our parents, teach us to like similar others and not like dissimilar others. For example, one recent study revealed that the desire for similarity is evident early in life. Quote, Infants prefer individuals who share their own preferences for food, clothing, or toys over those who have expressed contrasting preferences. End quote. But do these findings extend to the social world? In other words, at a very early age, do we prefer those who prefer people like us and dislike people different than us, i.e., enemies of my enemies are my friends? To test this idea, The researchers conducted two studies in which they put 9-month-olds and 14-month-olds through an ingenious protocol. The two different age groups allowed the researchers to test whether preferences for others change during the early part of life, thus providing some data on the nature-versus-nurture distinction. The first study was broken up into four parts. Part 1. Children indicated which they liked more, green beans or graham crackers. Shockingly, to this parent of a 4-year-old and 2-year-old, a healthy proportion of 14-months-old, 31%, and 9-month-olds, 47%, preferred green beans. Silly kids. Part 2. 
A researcher put on a two-rabbit puppet show, during which each rabbit tried the two foods and either liked the same food as the child, i.e. the rabbit was a similar other, or disliked the same food as the child, i.e. the rabbit was a dissimilar other. Brilliant, I tell you. Brilliant. Part 3. This was a puppet show encore, involving either the similar rabbit puppet or the dissimilar rabbit puppet from Part 2. But now, two dog puppets join the action. In this show, the similar or dissimilar rabbit bounces and catches a ball, but at some point drops the ball. One of the two new dog puppets, conveniently hanging out at the edges of the puppet show, either picks up the ball and returns it to the rabbit, i.e. the helper, or picks up the ball and takes off running, i.e. the harmer. The horror. Bad dog puppet. The scene was replayed until it was clear the kids were following the action on the stage. Part 4. The kids had an opportunity to indicate which of the two dogs, the helper dog or the harmer dog, they preferred, i.e. which one did they reach for when given an option. The kids preferred the helper dog puppet versus the harmer dog that stole the similar rabbit's ball, who helped the rabbit who ate similar food, graham cracker or green beans depending on what the kid chose. But remember, kids also saw a puppet show involving the dissimilar rabbit. What dog did they prefer in this case? You guessed it, the harmer, the dog that stole the dissimilar rabbit's ball. Silly rabbit, tricks are for kids. Importantly, the results were the same for 9-month-olds and 14-month-olds. But, as the authors argue, because the kids chose between a helper and harmer dog, it's not clear if the kids preferred the helper dog or wanted to avoid the harmer dog, e.g. in the similar rabbit condition. To address this limitation, they conducted a study too, in which the kids chose between either the helper or harmer dog and a neutral dog puppet that they had not previously seen. Now the researchers could get a feel for the direction of the effect, and it's a good thing they did. With the neutral dog in the mix, 14-month-olds in the similar rabbit condition preferred the helper dog to the neutral dog, and preferred the neutral dog to the harmer dog. In the dissimilar condition, you guessed it, just the opposite pattern. The 14-month-olds preferred the harmer dog to the neutral dog, and preferred the neutral dog to the helper dog. But, unlike the 14-month-olds, the 9-month-olds showed no clear preferences when the neutral dog was in the mix. The overall results led to a pretty clear-cut conclusion. Quote, Both 9- and 14-month-olds prefer individuals who harm dissimilar others over those who help them. And by 14 months of age, these evaluations are sufficiently strong to allow infants to distinguish helpful and harmful individuals from neutral ones. End quote. What's really interesting about all of this is that the kids didn't show a preference for helpful versus harmful people. Rather, kids like or dislike people based on how those people treat others, and how similar or dissimilar the kid feels to those others. Or, as the authors eloquently stated, quote, Infants' evaluations were specifically related to target similarity to themselves, rather than, for example, generally wishing graham cracker lovers well and green bean lovers harm. End quote. Now, exactly how is it that these patterns of preferences take root is tough to say. The differences between the 9-month-olds and the 14-month-olds could reflect a learning process, e.g. 14-month-olds have had longer to learn these preferences, or they could reflect more natural biological development, 
e.g., these preferences become more ingrained as the brain grows and matures. Most likely, it's a little bit of both at play. So, for all of you parents out there, keep an eye on your kids when they play with puppets, stuffed animals, or pirate's booty. Yes, even pirate's booty is personified in my house. They might just clue you into how they view the social world around them. You just listened to the post titled, I disliked the dog that likes the rabbit that I dislike. Why do we like some people but dislike others? By Dr. Timothy Loving of loves.com. And another gem from Dr. Timothy. Thanks a lot to him for that. Now, obviously, there are a lot of takeaways from an article like this. A lot of opportunities for self-reflection, too. And one way that I think this is a particularly helpful article is because it provides a lot of insight for those of us who might feel a little bit lost, right? One who might feel a little detached from their identity. You know, oftentimes in life we can lose track of ourselves and our values, and rebuilding can be a very confusing process, as we don't quite know who we fit in with at that time. If you find yourself feeling this way, take Dr. Timothy's work today and apply it. Who are the people that you're constantly rooting for? Who are the people whose defense you're quick to jump to? Or who do you hate injustices being done onto? Observing the groups of people that you naturally care for in this way could really show you who you've turned into and who you best identify with in this otherwise misunderstood period of life and identity. Definitely some things to consider. It is time to call it for today though, everybody. So thank you as always for being here and enjoying this work with me. I always love the research from loves.com. I hope you do too. Have a great start to your week, and I'll see you tomorrow for another post. That's where your optimal life awaits.